So this morning, I want to speak to us about what you do when you need help. What you do when you need help. Uh, if you are a worker in church and you came to a workers meeting this morning, Pastor read, I think it was 2 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 3 to 7. And we were talking, and as Pastor was talking, I felt really comforted because in preparing this, I really thought this is a word for me. This is God's word for me. So I was really asking myself, God, how, how is this going to minister to someone else if this is your word for me? This is my own study. This is what God spoke to me about my need for help. But as God, as pastor spoke, rather, he said to everyone, he said, you know, hug your neighbor, go around, show love. Because you don't know what everyone's going through. You don't know what anyone is thinking. You don't know what battles anyone is facing. And so that was really encouraging. So thank you so much, pastor, for that. And something else Pastor always says is that if your dream doesn't scare you, it's not big enough, right? If your dream doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. If your dream doesn't ever excite you or create a little bit of burden, then it's actually not quite big enough. And all of us have dreams. All of us have things that we aspire for. All of us have needs. We have things that we are asking God for constantly. And so sometimes those needs turn into burdens, right? They turn into things that actually start to give you headache. They start to cause you sleepless nights. You start to wonder. And you're just saying, God, help me. God, help me. But actually, what do you need to do when you need help? So that's what I want to talk to us about. Uh, someone in the Bible who faced that particular situation was Nehemiah. You know, he needed help. He had a big burden and he needed help. He needed somehow to figure out how he was going to achieve this big burden or this mission that he was facing. So our text this morning is going to be from Nehemiah chapter 1 and chapter 2. And the title of my message is What to Do When You Need Help. What to do when you need help. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor I need help. help. Wonderful. So let's turn to Nehemiah chapter 1. And we're going to read from verse 1 through to 10. Nehemiah 1, 3 to 10, it says, The words of Nehemiah, son of Halakai, in the month of Kislev in the 20th year, while I was at Citadel of Susa, Haniah, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men. And I questioned them about the Jewish remnants that have survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, Those who survived the exile are back in the province and are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burnt, burnt with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who, who love him and keeps his commandments, let your ear be attentive for your eyes to open to hear the prayers of your to hear the prayer your servants is praying before you day and night for your servants the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites including myself and my father's family have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees and laws you gave your servants Moses. Verse 8. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you amongst the nation. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizons, I will gather them from them, bring them to a place I have chosen as we're dwelling for my name. 
They are your servants and your people who you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Verse 11, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this, your servant, and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was the cupbearer to the king. Amen. God bless the reading of his word. So I hope you followed the story. Um, for, for those who know and would know the story very well, the walls and the gates of Jerusalem have been burnt down. They've been destroyed for over 150 years. Even though the Israelites have returned from exile to Babylon, they were living in what could only be considered as sort of dangerous times. The walls were broken, the gates had been burnt, they were in danger, they were at risk of being attacked by the enemy. And then you have this man, Nehemiah, who was an Israelite, but he was working in the king's palace. He was the king's cupbearer. That means he carried the king's wine or whatever drink he was drinking at the time. So he had a very important job. His job was relatively important. And then one day he got visits from people back home and he asked, what's going on back home? How, what's the state of things? And they told him that things are terrible. You know, the walls are broken down. Things are just horrible. And Nehemiah was very burdened about it. You know, he said he wept. There's a difference between crying and weeping. He wept because he, was, he probably felt so powerless, like he couldn't do nothing. There was nothing he could do to resolve the situation. He had this big burden, but he felt the desire to do something. And I feel like that's something we can all relate to. Whether it's a burden God has placed in you, that you know you need to do something about it, but you don't know how to do it. You know, you might be watching TV, you see children dying in a particular part of the world, or you see a war, and you just feel the burden to do something, but you don't even have a clue where to start, what you're going to do about it. Or it's even something that you are seeking for yourself, and particularly towards the end of the year, where, you know, it's, what, four months left, and you said, God, I started January with so much hope, asking you for this thing, but it still hasn't happened. So you know that you need help. And it becomes a burden. And that's something that we can all relate to. We all need help. And so today with Nehemiah, I want to talk about three things that you need to do when you need help. Three things to do when you need help. The very first thing you need to do seems very simple is to go to God first. You know, Nehemiah was burdened by the fact that this war not been burnt down, that his people were in danger. He cried and he wept. But he went to God in praying and fasting. And I asked myself, why is it that he went to God first? You know, why is it that, you know, he didn't automatically run to the king? He didn't automatically say, I'm running to Jerusalem to see what I can do. Why is it that he went to God first? The reason, the first reason is because that's what God wants us to do. Hebrews chapter 4, 16 says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. When you're going through a challenge, when you need something, God wants you to come to him first. We often try to carry the burden ourselves, you know, because we are supermen and superwomen, supermen and superwomen, but God wants us to come to him first. So you should ask God when you're faced, when you're faced with any situation at all, you should go to first, God first. You should ask him, what you should do. Nehemiah in 1 verse 4 says, when I heard these things, I sat down and wept. He said, for some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. 
two things I'd like to draw out there. First of all, he fasted and prayed for days. You know, he didn't just say, okay, I need help. I'm going to pray now. And then that was the end of it. He fasted for days. Another version of the Bible said he was praying continuously or constantly. So he was doing it repeatedly or regularly. And the second thing is he wasn't just praying for what seemed impossible. You know, ultimately what he was concerned about was the walls of Jerusalem and the gates, which was probably seeming impossible. What was interesting is that he was praying for something specific. And that was in verse 11. He was saying specifically, he said, God, help me find favor in front of this man. So he was praying about going to the king. What that shows me is that not only do you need to be consistent when you are asking God for something, you need to be consistent in what you're praying for. You also need to pray about every little step. I wondered if I was contradicting myself because sometimes we say when you've prayed for one thing and you ask God, you have to trust him and then move on, right? Don't keep asking for the same thing. Maybe it's a sign of unbelief. But actually, I realized that's not true because when we look at Jesus, he prayed continuously. In Matthew chapter 26, when Jesus was with the disciples, they had fallen asleep. But the Bible says in verse 38 that he was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Right? So he was praying. And in verse 44, it says he left them and went away once more and prayed for the third time, saying the same thing. So Jesus himself was praying about the same thing three times. How much more we, when we are asking God for something, we need to pray continuously, repeatedly, constantly. Not in doubt that God isn't going to do it, but you're seeking God for that particular thing. You're letting it reflect the burden in your heart and you're praying continuously. Amen? The second thing, as I mentioned, is that Nehemiah prayed about the specific action that he needed to take, right? So the second thing that told me is that you have to lean on God for every small step when you need help. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And Proverbs 16, 9 says, you make your plans, but God directs your steps. So Nehemiah had a plan. He knew that what he needed to do was go to the king and ask the king for help. But what did he do? He went to God and prayed for God to grant him favor. Because he knows that even though he can make his own plans, it's God who directs our steps. You know, he had every intention. And you could have said it was relatively easy for him. You know, he already probably had a close relationship with the king. He was already working in his palace. He was bringing him a drink every day. So all he had to do was probably drop in a word when he went to bring the king his next drink. But for some reason, he went to God first. He asked God, he said, God, grant me favor in front of this man. So you make your plans, but you have to ask God to direct your steps. The second reason why you go to God first is that you need God's approval for the action you're going to take. But it also gives you confidence that God is on your side. You go to him to get that confidence that he's on your side. When you read throughout the book of Nehemiah, he went about fulfilling his mission, but he had this increasing confidence every time that God had answered his request. So after he prayed, he went to the king to ask for permission. The king gave him letters, he gave him materials and everything. 
And in chapter 2, verse 8, uh, verse 8, he said, And because of the glorious, gracious hand of God on me, the king has granted my request. AKA, because God is on my side, because of the grace of God that I'm operating from, the king granted my request. So he didn't see it as something that he did or the king did. He said, it is because God was on my side. Again, similarly, when he stood before the people of Jerusalem and he was trying to convince them by joining him to build the wall, again, he referenced God. In Nehemiah 2, 17 to 18, he said, oh, you see the trouble we're in, Jerusalem is in ruins, etc., etc." And then he says, come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem so that we'll no longer be in disgrace. I am told, uh, I also told them about the gracious hand of God on me and what the king said to me. And they replied, let us start rebuilding. So again, he was referencing that, hey, the grace of God is on me. Come and join me. We can't fail if we do this together. So this man had this confidence that God was on his side, so he was going to win. There was no way he was going to fail. And even when opposition came, when people started mocking him, when he was facing disgrace in 2.20, again, he says, the God of heaven will give us success. You know, when people were doubtful that, oh, we can't do this, they were being mocked by other people, he was like, no, God will give us success. And how amazing is it when you embark on something and you know that God is on your side? How much more confidence does that give you when you know that God is on my side, I don't have to worry? You know that he's ordering your steps, so you don't have to worry. I asked myself, can I think back to a time when I absolutely knew with certainty that God had approved that very thing that I was doing? I don't know about you, but has there ever been a time when you knew with absolute conviction? Now imagine if that was everything that you did. If that was every decision, every action that you were taking, you had that absolute confidence and conviction that God was leading you, God was ordering your steps. Amen. So that's the first thing. You need to go to God first. You need to go to him first so that you can get that conviction, you have that confidence, but also because God wants you to come to him first. The second thing you need to do is you need to ask other people for help. No man is an island, is a saying. I think, Pastor, you were introduced to me when I was like 13. You used to say, no man is an island, you can't do it alone. And that is something that I believe in with every bone in my body. Like, no man can do it alone, so you need help. In chapter 1, we saw Nehemiah had gone to God. He'd asked God for help. He's asked God to give him success by granting him favor in front of the king. And then in chapter 2, we actually saw Nehemiah going to the king for help. And so I asked myself, how did he know that it was the king for him to go to? You know, there was nothing written in the scripture that says God spoke to him in an audible voice and said, go and speak to the king. Again, I referenced that scripture, Proverbs 16, 9. It says, a, man plans, a man's heart plans his way, but it's the Lord that directs his steps. Nehemiah had already planned his course, but he knew that he needed to go to God. And what did I learn here? I learned that the first thing is it's okay to have a plan, but you have to come to God for his seal of approval for that plan. You have to ask him to order your steps. Psalms 23 verse 5 says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. So God has to go ahead of you and prepare a table before you. Again, Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, if you read the English Standard Version, it says, it is the Lord who goes 
before you. Isaiah 45, 2 says, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. So everything God is here, God is saying he is, bring your plans before me so that I can prepare the steps ahead of you. Don't do it without me. You know, I've given you the free will to be able to make your own decisions, to be able to plan what you want to do, but come to me so that I can make the crooked places straight for you. Come to me so that I can straighten the path so that you don't have to struggle. So that if that's a wrong thing, I can direct your steps. What we have to realize is that even though we're spirit beings, we are still human. We live in this flesh, which means we're fighting this war constantly or this tug constantly where the flesh man wants to do the certain thing, but the spirit man wants to do the other. So when you're planning your way or when you're making your own plans, it's easy to plan the things that the flesh wants to do. It's easy to give in to the flesh. And so if you go dive straight in into that very thing, if you just go heads on, right, this is my plan, I'm going into execution, you might be doing the wrong thing. But if you go to God, you're asking him to plan your steps, right, to order your steps, to direct you in the right way. Amen. So like Nehemiah, you will have the confidence that whatever you're doing, God has already ordained. Whatever you're doing, God is there for you. Amen. And then the third thing that you have to do when you need help is you have to be willing and ready to do your own part. Tell your neighbor, be willing and ready to do your own part. See, God wants to be partners in our lives. He wants to partner with us in everything, every decision, every step we take. He wants to be there in the journey with us. But too often as human beings, we either carry the entire load ourselves, you know, we want to do it all by ourselves, or sometimes we're like, oh, this is really something small I can do. I don't need God for this, right? Or we do the complete opposite and we just dump it all on God, right? We say, right, here you go, do it. Like he's some kind of genie that you can just rub and say, here's my wish, make it come true. I was trying to think about how to express this. And the only example I can think about is, imagine, Pastor Janet, you come over to me and you ask me for five pounds, right? Put my hand in my pocket, I point it towards you, but you just sat there, you didn't come over to, to take the five pounds. Now you've asked me for five pounds, I've offered it to you, but you haven't collected it, right? I've done my part because you've asked, but you haven't done your part in collecting. And that's the same thing with God. Every time we're asking God for something, we say, God, I need five pounds, but here's my pocket. Come and put it in. Right? We don't want to do our part, which is to reach over and collect the blessing. And it's dangerous when we do those things because God is answering our prayers but we haven't done our own part of the responsibility. We haven't done what God wants us to do. And so we sit there complaining, looking sad and saying, God, you're not hearing my prayers. God, you're not doing it for me. And he's looking at you and saying, are you serious? Come on. So we have to do our own part. God doesn't move without us. You know, we want him to move. We also have to move. Nehemiah prayed for the king's favor, but for that favor to actually materialize, he had to play his own part. He had to take the opportunity when he saw the king and speak up. So when he came in and he was looking rather sad, the king asked him what was wrong, 
right? He told the king, he said, oh, you know, my people are going for a terrible time, the wars. And the king said to him, what can I do? You know, what do you want me to do about it? Now, if that was a situation and God asked me, what can I do? I'll start making a, a list, right? I'll be like, right, okay, you've asked, here you go, here's a whole list. But if you look at what Nehemiah said in, in chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, says, I was very much afraid, but I said to the king. So he was afraid. The first thing that kicked into his mind was fear. He was scared when the king asked him. But he didn't let that fear hold him back. And so what did I learn here? When you need help, you have to be ready to ask for it. Don't ask God to help you if you're not ready to do your own part. If you're not ready to commit to what he says you need to do. You have to ignore your fear and you have to trust. The same way that Nehemiah trusted God and he spoke boldly. He was afraid, but he didn't stop. He was afraid and he prayed and then he spoke. So when fear kicks in, you have to still speak up. You can't let anxiety or fear hold you back. I've realized that anxiety is inevitable. It happens to all of us. You know, if you spend all your time saying, I will not fear, it's pray against the spirit of fear. But naturally, we all get a little bit frightened when things happen. But you can't let that fear hold you back. You have to move forward. And I, I like to think it's something that I have overcome by the grace of God. Because sometimes I sit there and I look at myself and I'm like, aren't you scared? Particularly when it comes to work situations. I'm like, aren't I scared? But then I realize that God has placed me as a light and salt within my workplace. So I can't be fearful. So when I say things and people at work look at me, even though I question the things that I say, it's the authority and the boldness, it's the grace of God that I'm operating within. That means that fear isn't there in that particular moment. And it means referencing the work with the the word of the Lord, and speaking boldly about the things that God has declared about my life. You know, realizing what scripture says, like, do not worry about anything, but bring everything to God in prayer. So knowing that I have prayed about that situation, so I don't need to worry. You know, I've thanked him in advance of my breakthrough, of that success, so I don't need to worry. I don't need to spend my time worrying or being fearful. Anxiety might come, but I need to remember that I'm placing my trust in God. 2 Timothy 2.17 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. So again, again, the anxiety might come, but I know the power which I'm operating within. And we all have to know that. We have to know the power which we carry, the grace which we carry. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. So even if I make the wrong decisions, if I do the wrong thing, that grace is on my side. That grace will abound towards me. So in the wrong moments, I don't have to worry about the consequences. I just, have to work, I just have to think about God and know that his grace will operate on my behalf. Amen. So when Nehemiah told the king what was on his mind, as I said, king says, what do you want? And he prayed. He says, then I prayed to God of heaven and I answered the king. So whether things seem to be going your way or even when they don't seem to be going your way, don't stop praying. Don't stop asking God for direction 
you know, Nehemiah could have thought, okay, the king is compassionate towards me. You know, I'm his cupbearer. His life is in my hands because I could have poisoned him. So somewhere he could have felt, oh, the king is on my side. But he didn't let that assumption or that possibility of I'm already the favorite of the kings stop him from still praying. He prayed, he said, and I, then I prayed and then I spoke to the king. So we have to constantly keep praying. Again, that scripture comes to mind. Proverbs 16, 9, a man plans his way, but it's the Lord who directs his step. Never stop asking God to help you. Never stop asking God to direct your path, even when you are doing your own part. Even when you feel like that's the answer God has given you, don't stop asking him. Amen. It feels very silent in here. And so I want to end with this. I've said the three things you need to do. What's the first thing? Go to God first. Remember, you should go to him first because he wants you to come to him. He is your father. He wants you to come to him for direction. He also wants to reassure you that you're doing the right thing. He wants to give you the confidence you need to get through that journey. And what's the second thing? Ask others for help. You don't need to carry the burden alone. You don't need to do it by yourself. God has placed people around us. God has placed a community around you. Everyone in your life is there for a purpose, is there for a reason. Pastor, you always, I'm sorry to keep referencing you. You always say there's a relationship above you, you can't choose. You know, every relationship above you, you can't choose. So if I need something, I'm going to the people above me because God has placed you there. So somehow you're there to help me. You know, go to people that God has placed in your life to help you through that very thing. And then what's the third thing you need to do? Be willing to do your own part. Be willing and be able. You know, sometimes you're willing, but you're not able yet. So ask God to give you that strength to prepare you so that you are able to do your own part. So I have four prayer points that I want us to pray about this. I don't know what it is that you need help about, but I'm going to ask us all to rise on our feet. And I just want you to think about those very things that you're saying, God, 2019 is coming to a quick end, but I need you to help me. And the first prayer point I want you to pray is, God, give me the courage to face difficult problems, to face difficult burdens and challenges. God, give me the courage, Lord, to face them head on. Father, I ask for the courage, Almighty Father, to be able to face any obstacle, Lord, any challenge, any burden, anything that comes my way, Father. Father, Lord, give us courage, Lord, as a church, Lord, give us the courage to face any obstacles, Lord, that come our way. Next, I want you to say, Father, give me the faith to come to you before anyone else. Give me the faith to come to you first, Lord, to seek you first, to ask for your guidance, to ask for you to order my steps, Lord.
hands, Almighty Father, Lord, to seek your face first, Lord. Lord, to trust that you know what is best for me, Lord God. Lord, to not be weary or tired, Almighty Father, of seeking you for an answer, Lord. Lord, help me, Almighty Father, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want you to pray for favor with all who need to help you. Say, Father, Lord, grant me favor with everyone that needs to help me. Lord, for every single person that my destiny, Lord God, is associated with, Lord, that my breakthrough, Lord God, is associated with, Lord, give me the favor, Almighty Father. Grant me favor with those people, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you send destiny helpers, Lord, Lord, from the north, from the east, from the south or west. Lord, I ask, Almighty Father, that you will send men to favor me, Lord. Lord, in my moments of need, Almighty Father, Lord, let me not struggle to find favor, Lord. Let me not struggle to find people to help me, Lord Jesus. Lord, point out people to me. Help me to see, Lord. Lord, help me to put my pride aside, Lord. Help me to put my, my selfishness, Lord, aside, Lord. To be able to speak out, Lord, when I need help. To be able to call on people when I need help. And finally, I want you to say, Lord, give me strength to do my own part. Lord, give me strength to do my own part, Almighty Father, Lord. Lord, let me be able to apply my faith and put, put in the work that is needed, Mighty Father, Lord. And the last thing I just want you to do is join hands with a neighbor, someone close to you. And I want you to pray for them. They're praying for you, so you pray for them. That Lord, meet this person at their point of need, Lord. Lord, you know the things that are heavy on our hearts, Lord. You know the things that we are seeking you for. You know the thing that this person, Lord, is crying out to you for. Father, Lord, help them, Lord Jesus. Lord, send destiny helpers to them, Lord. Lord, help them so that they will, they will not suffer, Almighty Father, Lord God, but they will place their trust in you, Lord. Pray for them to find favor. Pray for them to find help in their time of need. <laughs>